why I encourage you to play the new Fallout 3 DLC. That sequel pun was by Dimly, and welcome, welcome, faithful listeners to Podtoid number 86. Uh, joining me tonight are Samit Sarkar. I just fucked that up, but that's okay. It's okay. I'm sure they'll get it. Uh, Jim Sterling? Edge are a bunch of micro-shitting fagtarts. And, and Topher Cantler? Jim stole my thing. I was going to say micro-shitting fagtarts. Um, games of the week. What have you guys been playing this week? Anything interesting? Jim? Uh, well, as I said before we recorded, I'm basically just spending every day with my face pressed against the glass like a retard on the sunshine bus waiting for FedEx to bring me my review copies of all the games. I've got like three games that are out tomorrow and I have none of them. And I know they're all going to come at the same time and I'm going to have to try and review all three at once. That's annoying. Um, Killzone, been playing a little Killzone. Um, I'm sick of the word, though, to be honest. Are you playing the demo or the full game? Uh, just the demo. Um, there is a post-it note, apparently, on Jeff Rubenstein's um, monitor telling him that the second he gets uh, retail-ready copies to send one to my house. Um, they haven't got the retail. They, like The debug ones got sent out, but I don't have a debug 360. Um, so I need proper box Oh, my God. Sorry, I meant PS3. That's just my, <laughs> my natural that's my natural micro shitting bias coming out yeah. there. Yeah. You Complete heard it biasexual. Um, <laughs> yes, I don't have a debug PS3. Sorry. Um, you can tell in the tone of my voice, very much like Adam Sessler, that I can't even bear to say the word PS3. Um, <laughs> so I've just been playing the demo till that gets to me. Uh, Killzone will be in my hands before the stream date, so I'll be able to get some impressions for you, because nobody can have an opinion until I tell you to have one. Uh, but from what I played on the demo, it's good. It's very good. Um, it's not new and innovative, but then Norma's Lost Odyssey, and that was one of my favourite games of last year. It's I, it, it's very pure. Um, you know, it doesn't. There's no extra bells or whistles or complicated things. It's just a straight up pure shooter and I got what I expected and it's, yeah, it's going to be very good. Um, obviously the stuff surrounding it is just absolutely ruining the game. Like, Killzone 2's fans right now are killing the game with their attitude and they should stop. But I believe we, we might be talking about that later so there's that. Ignore everything I just said because I'll repeat myself later. Um, I think that was it. I was play, playing Left 4 Dead as usual, um, and Disgaea uh, 3 I've been playing a lot of, um, which is very good. And that is the end of my show and tell. Okay. Samit, what about you? Um, so I went to New York Comic Con this weekend, um, and there was, you know, as the press release said, a lot, a lot of gaming this year. Um, and, you know, the press release said 50% more um, compared to last year. And yeah, it was really noticeable. There was um, a, a lot a lot of stuff on the floor. Um, I played there um, Mad World, which is like really, really fun. Um, but I'm, I'm not, it's kind of shallow. Like I'm not sure if they don't, if they don't mix it up, like if that would keep me engaged for like six to eight hours or whatever, you know, it's, it's like, yeah, oh look, blood. And I threw a guy into a spike or, Something like that, or into a you know some like a some spinning fan blades, but I don't know. Um, but it's definitely you know we should at least try it. 
Um, also played Prototype, which was uh, which is looking really really good. Um, it's a lot of people confuse it with Infamous, which um, I also played that at a Sony event on Friday. Um, but it's 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 doing its own thing because there's sort of different, a different story with the like three competing elements. There's you know you, then the military, and then like these um, monsters, kind of zombies. Well, not really zombies, but whatever. Um, and you know I hijacked a helicopter by jumping at it, and like in the trailers. And so yeah, that 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 was a lot of fun. Um, at the Sony thing, I like I said played Infamous, which is you know they're saying it's pre-alpha, but it looks really impressive for what they for the, what they have so far. Um, Re- uh, Resistance Retribution, which is looking really really good for a PSP game, and they've got a lot of co- um, cool functionality. Um, if you own a uh, Resistance Two for the PS3 as well, so you, you know there's some cool stuff you can do with that that I'll be reporting on. Um, I'll, I'll be putting previews up of some stuff that I've been talking about, and I saw. Uh, it wasn't hands-on, but the, a guy demoed Uncharted 2 to me, which is uh, amazingly looking even better than the original one, which was my favorite PS3 exclusive of 2007, um, as I think I've said on this podcast before. Um, it's Not only does it look better, they've, they've also really um, changed up the, the enemy AI, so they won't just sort of stand in a spot and um, pop up and shoot at you and waiting for you to kill them. They'll really come after you. Um, so uh and also there like you can you can fire from any position so if you're hanging off of a you know lamp post or something um you know you you can aim at something so yeah there there's a lot that they've really changed and it's uh looking very very good and uh finally I know I've been rambling for a while but finally last but not least I downloaded 3 on 3 NHL arcade from the PlayStation Store last here we go <laughs> <laughs> um <laughs> Last last Thursday night, and I've you know, I think in the past few days I've t- I've told even more people about it than I've I had been telling before. Um, it's uh, I, again I, I'm I can't really say like a, a full thing about it just because I, I've only played five games of it, um, and I will be doing a full review. Um, but uh, from what I did play, it's I can really find very. Like like one glaring fault with the game is, and that's that it's not even a gameplay issue. It's just there's no instant replay. Um, but I can see why they omitted that because it's the game's really sort of designed to be uh, um, fast paced um, and very action oriented. Like there's 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 no pauses except for like there's there's never there's one opening face off at the beginning of each period, but otherwise. When you score a goal, there's no face-off. You just, the puck just gets dropped behind the net that the goal was scored in. Um, when the puck goes uh, um, out of bounds, like off the ice, it just gets, you know, tossed back in. So it's really meant to just keep going, um, not, like very few stoppages. So I can see why they didn't want to uh, want you to pause and uh, keep replaying a crazy goal or something. But um, otherwise, it's like I've been saying, any NBA Jam on ice uh, with power-ups, and it's um, you know. Lots and lots of fun. How would you uh, respond to someone, hypothetically, let's say someone lovely who is recording the podcast and typing things to us as we talk, typing in uh, the word horrible and then a sad emoticon when you brought up NHL 3-on-3? I would say that, hmm, uh, well, let's see. His opinion is completely invalid because he doesn't like sports games. So, there. And that's, if you don't like sports games, then, you know, you might not like it. So, but, I don't know. I like it a lot. And I like sports. 
<laughs> Damn it, Topher. All right, Topher, what have you been playing? Um, I also played Prototype, and I got to play um, X-Men Origins Wolverine, which was also very good. Surprisingly good. Really? In better, what yeah, better, better than I thought it would be. It's, it's really gory? satisfying in its combat. Yeah, it's really gory and just fun to run around and tear people apart, literally, with your claws. And there's some cool stuff that they're doing with it. Um, cool, cool things that you can do with the claws, and just it's unexpectedly—I don't want to say deep, but it's deeper than I thought it would be, and better than I thought it would be. So that was fun. Was that all you played? <laughs> um, well, I was at the event mostly for Tomopop, so I didn't spend too much time with many games. But I did spend a lot of time on the subway and a lot of time on the bus and I played a lot of Taiko Drum Master. And Res H D. Yeah, and Summit <laughs> played Res. And, and that's probably uh, I love you, Summit. You're my friend. <laughs> you're 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 right here. Seriously. I love you. But you were probably the worst Res player I've ever witnessed in my life. Yeah. I well I I have no excuse. I, it's the first time I ever played it's the okay. game. It's okay. <laughs> yeah. There wasn't a ball involved, so it's a, I can't blame right. you for <laughs> Right. <laughs> Unless you were using the vibrator. Um, Zing. Okay. <laughs> Shut up. Uh, <laughs> if it falls flat, just don't call the intention to it, and we move on, and then I can pretend like I didn't say it. Uh, I've just been playing more Lost Odyssey, and... I think nobody signed up to do a March um, Badass of the Month Club, so I'm probably going to do that on, on Jansen, who is my new favorite character in games that are Lost Odyssey. He's so awesome, isn't he? Yeah. He's I, fantastic. I, 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 I just love characters that are complete pussies about everything and unrepentant pussies, especially in uh, a genre that tends to, I guess, deify uh, very strong silent types. Like at the beginning of the game, I wasn't really digging it because I thought I was just going to be kind the entire time, and like I'm, I'm noticing and I'm really liking that uh, every time like anything happens, especially if Jansen is not on screen, like he'll still say something, but the subtitles won't like, <laughs> and you'll only like mm. hear him like yeah. some like really shadowy hooded cliche figure like walks by and throws like a coin on the ground, and Ming says something stupid like what is that, and Kymer and, and what's his, what's her face Tina Fey are like ooh this is important, and then just like from off screen. You hear uh, Jansen go, "That's mine. I want. Can I have? That's mine." <laughs> it just it just makes the whole thing a lot more uh, interesting for me. I really I think one of the okay. one of the best. Come on, come on. <laughs> go ahead. I was just gonna say one of the things that impressed me about Lost Odyssey is with most other games with the, when it comes to the voice acting, it's so. Um, it's so obviously a script, like, someone will read their lines, there'll be, like, several seconds, and then the next person will speak. Um, but there was just something incredibly natural about the dialogue in Lost Odyssey, especially helped by Jansen, who is just talking over people. And, yeah, I really appreciated you know, that, too. Yeah, and he'll talk before someone else has finished talking. And that's it's such a small difference, but it makes a huge difference <laughs> That's a rubbish sentence. That was going to sound really clever. <laughs> but basically, just take the message of what I just said and insert it into a better sentence, and that's what I said. Mm-hmm. Um, 
Okay, so uh, we've we've still got the contest going to design a Podtoid graphic. Um, you just got to go. Actually, and we've also got the Destructoid, the Podtoid forums. The official Podtoid forums are now up at uh, destructoid.com slash forums. I want to say. Um, if not, you go to Destructoid, and the forum link is right there. Yeah, Destructoid.com slash forum with no S. I don't know anything about the website I work for. But uh, we have a Podtoid uh, forum, and in that is a thread where you can post pictures of uh, the, the, the next Podtoid graphic if you want. And you've got until next next week's episode is when I'm going to stop accepting um, submissions. But not really. I mean, because like, if you show one a little bit late, like we've had like two... No, we've had three submissions so far, one of which is by Random Bullseye of Bone Request fame. And right now he's got more votes than anyone else. And that is horrific. If Random Bullseye wins, I know <laughs> that we were going to let the community decide who gets to like choose the pot. But I don't think that's going to happen. I think I may have to be a, a fascist bastard and, and not do that. Because I'm, li- I'm looking at it right now. And it's literally like Aaron is covered in, in what seems like tan whipped cream that I assume oh, is no. hair. He's like he's like he's got sort of an arm, but it looks like uh, it just looks like a ham hock coming off of one side of his. And his, his 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 he's wearing shorts, but the shorts look like an ass. So he's got like a blue ass coming out of the bottom of his torso. <laughs> he has a shirt that has like a poorly. He, he has a shirt that has like the American fl- uh, no the country of America drawn on it, but with like freckles or something. I I I'm wearing a shirt that says Half Life Two and holding up a green card with red X's on it that makes no sense. Jim is Captain Caveman or something, and Topher. I have to. I have to assume that he doesn't know what Topher looks like, or that he Topher is walking some sort of robotic dog, and he has razor. Oh dog. yeah, look at that! And I have like a what is that? That's like, like a bionic commando arm. Yeah. In there or something. Is that the Dreamcast logo? And is that hooked up to a TV? Is that what that is? The do- that's, I think that's what the dog is. The quote unquote dog. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it's-, it's a Dreamcast and a TV. I, I'm gonna ignore that fact and just pretend that it's a robotic dog because that's much cooler yeah there's a and what's sad is that there's a really really awesome one that someone emailed to me that it's it's uh like a painted thing of the gentleman dinosaur with lindy's head inside of his stomach like crying just like lindy asked for yeah who made that um he didn't that's awesome he didn't include i have his real name but he didn't include like a name to call him by so i don't want to like risk his privacy but if 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 random bullseyes ends up winning that's probably going to be the actual pod toy post if (laughs) because it's just awesome and but we still love you, Random Bullseye. Yeah, we do, <laughs> to a degree. Uh, <laughs> it is a fantastic uh, fucking picture. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's, I, I really cannot decipher what that is on Aaron Lindy's shirt. It, I, I think it's like America, but I don't understand why, as if Aaron Lindy's the only American person on the podcast. <laughs> no, it's an ocarina. Oh, it's an ocarina. Oh, okay, that makes sense oh, now. Oh, yes. That explains the freckles. That's the ocarina oh, hole. That's brilliant. Oh, okay. That's actually... That, see, it does deserve to win. Yeah. There were levels of depth to this that I had not given it credit for previously. Yeah. Why have I got hearts on my ass? No idea. Sure. Is that what it is? I thought that was like... Uh, I thought it was like Fred Funstone pants. I don't All know right. why you have like a printy scarf on, is my issue. Yeah. Now I have Unless to make that's... a picture post, because otherwise we're going to be spending like 15 minutes describing yeah. that nobody understands. I think uh, the scarf might be a reference to my saying that artistic, like art game developers wear scarves indoors. Mm-hmm. That could be it. Um, but anyway, this yeah. This is great. It's like looking at a, a H.R. Geiger painting and sort of discussing what he was trying <laughs> to convey from his dark, deep sexuality in it. <laughs> um, 
But yeah, you got a week. Email either email it to ReverendAnthony at gmail.com, gmail.com rather, or go to the forum and and post it there. And uh, yeah, that's that's about it for that. Um, so we're gonna go ahead and take our break right now. Break. This week on the GamerCast Network. On the post-game report, the crew talks about their impressions of Resident Evil 5, Phoenix sounds off about the PlayStation 3, and the crew wonders, are developers taking full advantage with DLC? On the Sarcastic Gamer Pink Show, the ladies talk about the Fear 2 demo. A special guest, Godfrey, stops by to share his gaming knowledge and hype up community vibes. This week on Retro Force Go, the pixelated crew chats about old video game magazines. Every retro magazine from Nintendo Power to Game Pro is discussed. Now you're playing with power. What's up with the crew this week? Listen to episode 128 of the Video Game Show. A sarcastic gamer, Left 4 Dead DLC has finally been announced. And Saints Row 2 is awesome. Why is no one talking about this game? Discover the community that brings you all these great podcasts and more. GamerCastNetwork.com Okay, we're back. And, um... So, Killzone 2. Uh... The PSX... The PSX Stream review... I, I Extreme. passed around the uh, the editor email, and I'm sure we all want to talk about that. But, um, Samit, do you want to explain what the review basically said? You're the one who alerted us to it. Right. So, um, Edge gave Killzone 2 a ridiculously low score, a um, 7 <laughs> out of 10. 7 out of 10. That's a 7. That's not a 3. It's a 7. Um and has gotten um, some feedback from a little <laughs> website called PSX Extreme. Who, um, the, a, someone there named Ben Dutka uh, has written a... Um, yeah, I don't, I don't want to call it an editorial because that's giving it too much credit, but um, it's, it's a piece that is entitled Edge Killzone 2 Review, colon... A disservice to game consumers, um, and uh, it, you know, in in this uh, this extraordinary piece of writing, <laughs> um, which uh, which has been uh, making the rounds on on Twitter as as various uh, video game industry people condemn it and say things like, "If this is where games writing is headed, then I don't want to be a part of it," and such. Um, he. Uh, he 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 discusses uh, Edge's review and um, says some some pretty uh, uh, interesting things. Um, one of them, well, first of all, he calls the review uh, desperate for attention and uh, saying that and says that the the Edge um, editors are just uh, trying to prove their elite status. Um, and. Uh, then of course does the old comparison thing that we always say not to do. Says uh, Killzone Two got a seven, and as says as a frame of reference, let's tap for the Wii got an eight. As if because of that fact, Edge is implying that Let's Tap is a better game than Killzone Two, whatever that means. Um, and um, so so he 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 says uh, all kinds of things, and then then goes to say this is assigning a numerical value to a game that basically says. Quote, it's good, but there are better titles out there for your money. Unquote. This is a lie. That's right. A lie. Like and that it or was not. Old and ellipses between yes. every word, right? Yeah. Sorry, yeah. Mm-hmm. Ellips, ellipses between this is a and lie, and lie was in bold. <laughs> and then immediately afterwards he says, that's right, a lie. 
like it or not, opinions exist on a sliding scale, and we're not saying everyone is going to enjoy KZ2, but this review is akin to saying something similar about The Godfather 2 or Citizen Kane. We all know... <laughs> Jesus that, fucking Christ. We all know that Gorilla's <laughs> title is one of the best FPSs ever made. Anyone who knows this industry and has a functioning brain will admit to this. They may not like it, but they will admit to its quality. This is what good reviewers do. They don't lie to the consumer to get some sort of underground, quote, elite cred, unquote. I don't care what your system is for reviewing games. If you're scoring on a scale of 1 to 10, there's no way on earth KZ2 gets a 7 in direct comparison to the other products on store shelves. I'm sorry, it just doesn't. I don't... I, I could go on, but um, uh, it's astonishing. Uh, it's absurd. Other words, ridiculous... Here's what I, I don't understand. I don't people, like I mean, we, we get this shit all the time at Destructoid, obviously, but, like, people keep making this accusation, like, oh, you're trying to get, like, cred as being, like, indie and, and, and really, you know, hardcore. And, and, and then at the same time, yeah, they where's say this you're cred? Where can I, where can I cash yeah, this in? I've Do I can, like, trade that for a hamburger somewhere or something? I haven't gotten any, like, blowjobs from, from people who I gave, like, negative review scores. There's no upside to us posting negative review scores. We get a little bit it's of... It's usually a world of trouble. Yeah. We have to put up with bullshit from idiots, and the publishers, more often than not, get on our backs, and they were like, oh, you gave this score this, we're going to pull some shit, you know, you're not getting any more review copies off us anymore. You know, we've had publishers, and I'm not going to name any names, but... I, I, I was almost tempted to do it, but no. Um, but we've had publishers pull out of... Sub, like future support for Destructoid because of scores we've had. That's not a clever thing to do if you're planning to do that. We don't plan to give something a, a shitty score. I'd love to be able to give every game ever made a 10 out of 10. Wouldn't life be great if games were all 10 out of 10 brilliant pieces of good things that are good? He said, with his ability as a writer. Um, <laughs> you know, th that would be great, but we're not doing it on purpose because there really is not that much in it for us. It's fun having, like, 300-page comment threads, but when most of them actually give you an aneurysm, it's really not worth it. And this review by Edge was not that fucking harsh. Even that line he quotes... It's good, but there are better, title, better titles out there for your money. That's what, what a terrible thing to say. The implication that there are some games in the history of time and space that may or may not be better than Killzone 2, that's what fucking drove you to the yeah. breaking well, point? Yeah, that was, well, that wasn't, I don't, I don't think, a quote from the review itself. He was just, like, saying that's what the review says. But my And that's main, a lie. Right. Um, <laughs> that's right, they're, a lie. They're, yeah, as, well, we can uh, all rest as, easy now that we can go buy Killzone 2 and we'll never have to play another video game yeah. ever because right. nothing the could Godfather possibly be better than that. Exactly. As, as uh, our own Jonathan Ross pointed out, uh, it, Killzone 2 is the best game ever made in the history of video games. It's going to save me so much money this year. <laughs> um, but <laughs> you don't have my, to buy another one. Yeah, I mean, my main problem um, with this uh, writing thing here is is not that not only does he call out edge and you know for giving a game god forbid a 7 out of 10 but you know he goes on afterwards to to sort of uh paint this picture as as if uh you know he and you know, he, the people at uh, PSX extreme are, are you know you know uh, sort of uh 
martyrs or or you know or at you know at the vanguard of of the gaming industry when it comes to reviews you know saying things like uh, you know we believe you know we at PSXE believe that we are providing our readers with a service and uh, you know as if uh, you know Edge is is somehow um, you know by giving Killzone two a a seven out of ten being uh, you know has lost journalistic integrity or or you know something like that whatever that means you know. Um, he, he he at the end says uh, if it's if it's your job to be faithful to your to your readers you are not allowed to do things like this <laughs> you are not allowed to indulge your massive ego in an underhanded attempt at gain getting attention I you know what you, you're you're not like who 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 are you who who the fuck are you to to say this and 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 to to purport that you're you're better than 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 Edge or or anybody else, you know, you know, and, and he he likes. I mean, I'm sure his comment. I, I do feel pretty confident in saying that I'm better than Ben Dutka, the guy who wrote. Yeah, it. right. Me too. Yeah, I'll exactly. Um, but but uh, I I don't get why why he he has to to go on this um this tirade here and 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 try to get people to to sort of see his side and say, oh, you know, we're we're doing. We're the ones uh, who are doing gamers of service by telling it like it is. Yeah, you're you're telling it like it is. You really are. Jim, is this um, what you referred to? I guess as a PS3 exclusivity syndrome, like turned up to eleven. Oh, definitely. Um, I don't know what it is about PS3 exclusives. Possibly, and someone's going to get upset, but possibly because they don't have that many. And it's true, they really do not have that many. At least on this level. You know, Killzone 2 is to the PS3 what Halo and Gears of War is to uh, Microsoft. And Sony does not really have those big identifying franchises. They have big exclusives, you know, Metal Gear Solid, but Metal Gear Solid 4 is not a game that is identified with the PlayStation brand. I mean, hell, it's even been on, you know, the the franchise has been on other systems. Um, But Killzone 2 is purely the property of the PS3. And when you get something like that, it just seems to send people into overdrive. And I cannot for the life of me think of anything that has been this bad. I don't think any anything has been a more grim example of fanboy mentality than Killzone 2. And it is not just PS3 fanboys, it's Xbox 360 fanboys as well, who for some reason are feeling very threatened and are trying to downplay it um, as if Killzone 2's success will have any effect on the Xbox 360 whatsoever. It's not. It's really not. Halo Wars is coming out and it's going to sell a lot of copies and, you know, quite why you care because Microsoft is not going to give you any of the money it makes so you have no real investment in it. Um, But they're upset. Killzone 2's upset. Uh, Killzone 2 fans are upset, I should say. And I think just the one question that is on my lips is, where are the people who are happy? PS3 fans have got what looks like a great pure FPS coming out, and no one's happy. Like, (laughs) shut up and play it. It's, from what I've seen, really good. Don't be upset and sad and miserable and angry. You've got nothing to be angry about. I mean, I wrote about this on Sunday, um, that where 
the trolls at the moment are basically trolling themselves. Um, going into like X plays five out of five kill zone two review and claiming that they can hear the anguish in Adam Sessler's voice as he gives kill zone two a five out of five. Um, like there's no anguish in his voice. You imagined that. You have herd mentality, um, crowd delusional syndrome, whatever you want to call it. But they're imagining it, and I just, I don't know, why can't people be happy with what they have and not worry about what other people are doing? Well, it's kind of because if the game if the game doesn't get a good score, that means it's not going to come out, and they'll never get to play it. Don't you understand? <laughs> Don't you understand? If it doesn't sell well, then that man's life is ruined. That boy's boy, life is ruined. <sighs> I, what's kind of scary about this is that this is this this article, this PS Extreme article, is really just every comment that's ever been written on a Sony forum made official. It's it's like it's like when it's on that level of just a bunch of slobbering like idiots, you know, commenting on posts that 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 gaming blogs make and talking about it in forums, like you know, whatever, it's okay. But that like this, the the fact that this is from a legitimate, well, it's not legitimate anymore, but previously thought to be a legitimate website, um, is kind of what scares me. But I mean, at the same time, everybody I know currently who has seen it has made the kind of comments that you were talking about, submit and saying that it was horrible, horrible, horrible excuse for games journalism. So maybe there's a little bit of a silver lining to the cloud if if nobody stands for this kind of yeah. bullshit reporting. Mm. Maybe it was a joke. I hope it was a joke. Ugh. Maybe maybe he's parodying his entire readers, like <laughs> all of his readers, and they don't and everyone's just agreeing with him and he's sitting there thinking ha 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 Yeah like writing. Sorry. Sorry, go ahead. No, I was going to say, t- uh, t- tomorrow he'll post something saying, I punked you guys. <laughs> and then just masturbate vigorously. I, I He's the Bob the <laughs> of journalism outlets. Um, oh, I just got this email, and you're going to have to read exactly what I put into the uh, chat right now, but I, I just got this email, and this is this is breaking news. Oh, dear. Oh, fine, fine. Oh, God, that's so good. <laughs> Must I? Yes. Yes. You're the new Lindy now. Oh, God. All right. <laughs> if Halo can do it for Xbox and Killzone can do it for the PS3, then the Wii can do it as well. <laughs> I constantly emailed that literally about 30 seconds ago, and I've had to sit on that for 30 seconds listening to his bullshit about Killzone 2, just waiting <laughs> to hear that. Um. But our next um, news topic, uh, Dead Rising 2 was announced today for the... Yay! Three, um, and some other shit, probably. What do you guys think? We've seen a couple of screenshots. We've seen someone that is not Frank Lost. Yay! We've seen Las Vegas-y sort of environments. What do you... What do you Topher, you're yaying. What do you think? I think yay! <laughs> <laughs> Could you elaborate? Yay, yay, hooray! <laughs> no, I, I love Dead Rising. I love the first one. I played it to death long after everybody else has stopped playing it. And I'm very excited for more. Mm-hmm. Did you guys see the gerbil wheel fucking thing? No. In the video? <clears throat> whoa, whoa, there was a video? I don't know anything. Um, Dale posted a trailer for oh, it. Shit. It's got a little bit of footage. And there's like a 
It's like a giant hamster ball that you can climb into and like roll around the casino and crush zombies. That's fucking awesome. <laughs> oh man. Yeah. Oh, oh, was that the thing he posted a little while ago? They said he didn't know if it was legit. And yeah, guess- he posted it uh, again sometime over the weekend, I guess. Mm-hmm. Said that it's been. Uh, it actually is the official trailer. That's fucking cool. Um, how do you feel about uh, playing as this as this new guy? I mean, that's I was- the that's the thing that I'm not crazy about. I wanted to be Frank again because mm-hmm. I like that guy. That's how I felt too. I really like that guy, Mars? and I wanted I wanted to see more of him. But I don't know. I mean. I'll I'll take the gameplay, regardless oh, of who I'm, I'm playing as. The real, you were it's that was, awesome. That, it looks like one of those things from American Gladiators. Yeah, like the big cage ball fucking things. Yeah. That is awesome. Yeah. So are, you, do, what do you think about the uh, the new environment, the, the casino and shit? Do you think? I don't know. I'm not crazy about that, but I mean, it's something different. Mm-hmm. I mean, it might have been lame if it was a mall again. Yeah, I guess. So. That's as good a spot as any, I Submit, suppose. Jim, did you guys play uh, Dead Rising? Uh, Jim, you you go ahead. <laughs> oh, I have thanks, that's very courteous. Um, yes, I have. I I played it back when I had an SD TV, so uh. I played it for a couple. Of, yeah, I played it for a couple <laughs> of hours and then took it back to the shop and said, "I can't play this. I have an SD TV. This is bollocks. I want to play something else." And then the people at the store were all, "Why don't you have an HD TV?" <laughs> And they blamed me, and I said, "Yeah, it's probably my fault." I actually bought an an HD TV right after I bought that game. For the purposes of buying that game, well, I was going to buy one anyway, Mm -hmm. and I had some money saved up, and then I got that game, and was like, "Yeah, now it's probably the time." Well, I mean, I, Left, Dead Rising was the reason I got a 360, and the fact that they're actually making a sequel. Because there was a little while there where, where um, Anafne was, was saying that there might not be one for a myriad of reasons. And Capcom Japan didn't want to make it. Yeah. They saw no reason. And this, um, I forget who it was, but like one of the younger sort of developers in Capcom were basically saying that the older guys, like the old suits in charge of Capcom Japan basically saw no reason to develop a game that would only be popular in the West because the West is such a small market um, and Japan obviously is is the influential one but yeah I guess that's why they gave it to Blue Castle to do because they realized that hey we actually do like money and so they got this I mean that's another thing to consider is the fact that um, it is a new, brand new developer, isn't it? They well, it's it's Blue up. Castle in compare in uh, conjunction with a couple of people from the Capcom. Ah. Uh, according to this press release, including Kenji Inafune, but I, I mean that's that, that's a press release. So, but the game did the original sold out in Akihabara. I don't know. I don't get that. Hmm. From what I remember, it sold very well in Japan, at least for the oh, first really? um, few weeks it was out. Yeah, because uh, I remember reading in, in in feeds and stuff that it. It was sold out. People were looking for it in Akihabara and Denden and couldn't find it. That is strange because I mean, yeah, I mean, that's not apparently what Capcom Japan's higher ups thought. They clearly didn't think it was successful enough in Japan. But it's good they're just getting another sequel. Um, I mean, from what I played of the first Dead Rising, I I loved a lot of it in theory. I thought the um, the overall time limit was very counterproductive. Um, I, I know opinion is very divided on that. I'm on the side of 
um, people that didn't, you know, I didn't like being in a mall full of zombies and all sorts of toys and then being told I couldn't play around because I had stuff to do. And I also hate games that are designed to make you replay them over and over again um, in a very forced manner. Um, I, I didn't like it when uh, Breath of Fire Dragon Quarter did it and I wasn't a fan of restarting that game several times. Um, but if they fix that kind of thing, then... Yeah, I'm, I mean, I'm really looking forward to any improvements they make. Cause I'd yeah, like you get to, to keep all your stats and stuff. I know that, but I just, think, I just think that's a very cheap way to get a game replayed, is to force it like that, even with, you know... I mean, that's exactly what Breath of Fire Dragon Quarter did, and I thought it was very cheap back then. Um, and I can see how people would like it. I, you know, I don't want to say anything. I liked it, but I liked it because it had so many different endings and so many different routes you could take and different ways the game could play out that mm. you could play it nine times and never play it the same way twice. Well, I mean, so I didn't, I, I, I didn't mind that it was short, and I didn't mind replaying it because I would just when I'd get to a to a point where I knew there was a fork in the road, I would just take the other path that I didn't take mm. last time, and I'd get a whole new game. Well, I mean, I've re-gameflied it. I, I mean, well, I say as if I ever had it on Gamefly. I put it on Gamefly to play it again now that I've got HD and everything. Um, so that should be coming to me soon. Because I want to I play through it properly before Dead Rising 2 appears. And I'll certainly give it a fair chance. Because I, I, I couldn't... You can't play that game with an SDTV. So I, there was one point where I actually could not read the text, even with my face right close to the TV. So I did not know where to go. I could not play the game without a guidebook. And I was, you know, I'm not putting up with that. So, yeah, I'll give it a fair shake again, see if I can grow on me. Because it was fun just with a hand weight punching zombies in the face with it. Um, yeah, you got to get out to that, that plaza where the hardware store is and grab, like, the chainsaws and the <laughs> axes and stuff. That fucking hardware store is heaven. Yes, it is. And there's a save point right across the plaza. <laughs> I, uh, there all day. I, I, I was kind of, I mean, I, I, like I said, I bought my 360 because of Dead Rising, so I was immediately sort of forgiving. I mean, I totally agree with Jim in that the, the replayability aspects were pretty cheap, especially in conjunction with the death. But there was stuff about it I loved, too, like how it was not at all forgiving about, you know, save points. So your, your, your life actually mattered. You had to be actually kind of careful, even though all these toys and neat things are, are sort of calling out at you to, to, to just play with them. But I'll be very, very interested to see what this, um, how Blue Castle will change. And, and if, I mean, as far as I'm concerned, as long as they, if they only changed, if it was just a reskin of Dead Rising and all they did was change the fact that if you get a, a, a radio message from Otis and then get attacked, then Otis will call you back and have you sit there without a weapon in your hand and listen to it for a half hour as he explains and chastises you for being, yeah, it if that was all they changed, I would still be happy with Dead Rising 2. Yeah. Um, well, people really see. That's interesting you say that because I I thought I mean again I've never played. I don't own a 360, um, but people seem to really hate the save. Yeah, uh, pe- people really seem to hate the save system in that game, didn't they? Yeah, everybody hated the save system seemingly when it came out. And I mean, I talked with uh, when Faith was still with us. I talked with her a lot about it a lot, and she complained because and I can understand it to agree because it's it's very counter fun. Because, you know, if you don't manage to trek and survive all the way to one of the, like, three three or four save points in the entire mall, then you die, like, the entire game 
is lost and you have to go back from either a save point way way fucking back then you have to start all the way over with all your stats intact but still start over Mm -hmm. but like i said i loved it because it unlike so many games where uh especially i mean it's interesting now if they're how they're going to decide to deal with the death and save system after games like you know prince of persia and 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 shit like that where that are trying to make death as uh unimpeding an event as as humanly possible dead rising said no you have to be really careful it it really did an awesome job of making you value your life yeah i got i mean i got legit scared at some points in that game when there was a huge crowd of zombies and one got close to me. And I mean, that's a campy fucking over-the-top 60s Batman kind of game. And often it scared me more than, you know, Left 4 Dead or Fear 2 or any of that shit just because it had a very good idea of how to treat player death. But Mm. it is not for everybody because it's not fun. It can be really fucking frustrating if you fuck up. Yeah, I also thought, um, I know especially like Joe Berling says, is that um, a lot of people didn't really like um, that the things were timed in the game, right? Uh, I mean, again, I, I'm just repeating what other people have said because I, I haven't played it, but um, what I, I thought was interesting um, was, and you know, I know it, it's ironic where this, where this comment come from, comes from because I know Jim uh, says he's, he's been a troll, but uh, Cotton McKnight on, uh, on the, the Dead Rising 2 confirmed by Capcom Post said, uh, which I thought was very insightful, said, no one seems to care if a former 360 exclusive game goes multi-plat, but if it was a PS3 game, I think this news would be more chaotic than Iraq. Um, which is, I mean, it's, you know, because the game is coming out, Dead Rising 2 will be out on 360, PS3, and PC. So, um, I, I mean, I'm, I'm happy, because I know a lot of people really like the game, so I'll be able to play it now. Um, but I, I think it's really interesting that there's really been no acknowledgement at all from all the sites that I've seen that yeah, cover Yeah, that's, you know, you know that's a really interesting point because I haven't heard anybody bitch or say a word about the fact that it's multi-platform. Yeah, no, I mean, you know, there was such uh, outcry. There, you know, remember there was, there was that, that internet petition when, when Capcom said Devil May Cry 4 was going to be on 360 PS3 and PC. Yeah. Um, but there's nothing of the sort this time. Well, I don't just, know what Cotton, I mean, Cotton McKnight likes to start trouble um, about, especially about uh, the PS3 because he perceives a lot of bias against the PS3. But if anything, doesn't what he's saying prove that Xbox 360 fanboys aren't, uh, you know, they're not quite the bitches that PS3 fanboys are? Well, yeah, that's, that's what I was going to say. I, was, I, I think So he's kind of, if he's trying to start a fight and prove something about the PS3, he's failed as usual. <laughs> I, I think it's just, it just goes to show that, you know, PS3 fanboys are particularly... Uh, um, ardent And, yeah... Uh, and and stupid, uh, and ridiculous. At the very least, the fact that they're not celebrating this from the hills um, would seem to prove what Jim was saying about you know that nobody's happy, nobody likes posting about being. Yeah, that's, I don't get that either. What the hell? Well, you guys well, should be I guess, really super excited for this. Show. I guess they they yeah. can't they, they can't trumpet it because you know if they're PS3 fanboys, they probably haven't played the first game. <laughs> I think the problem is they. It's become such a game of one-upsmanship that nobody wants something that somebody else has. If it was announced as a PS3 exclusive, yes, we'd be hearing about it a lot. And oh, yeah, a lot of PS3 fans would right now be saying how what a great series Dead Rising is. Um, if it was an, uh, an Xbox 360 exclusive, we'd be hearing about first the injustices and then about what a shit series Dead Rising is. And, yeah, it's. I, I think that's, you know... People, A, as you say, don't want to be happy, and 
they're not going to make a big deal of it because they can't have it all to themselves, which seems to be the problem. You know, they kicked up a fuss about Devil May Cry because that was their series, and other people are having it, and how dare other people enjoy this game I've been enjoying. And with the with Dead Rising, it was already a 360 exclusive, so PS3 fans don't really care that much because it's not all theirs. And it is funny, I mean, Xbox 360... Um, this was 360 has its share of dickhead fanboys. Um, I won't ever deny that, but I get a lot more shit off the PS3 fanboys, and I'm a huge PS3 fan. You know, I, I, as much as I criticise Sony, I love the PlayStation brand. But the amount of times I get, a, and I certainly get accused of being anti Microsoft, but I get accused of being anti Sony more. And I think that generally Xbox 360 fans are a bit more laid back. I mean, most Xbox 360 fans even make fun of the Red Ring stuff themselves. Like, I think they don't take it as seriously as Sony fans. I'm not sure why that is. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, uh, anything else to say about that, or we can just move on? Yay! <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, at okay. least we're happy. Yeah, yeah, yeah someone's happy. <laughs> we'll be happy for you. Um, so... so- uh, a little while ago, Jim posted an article uh, that was there, is it, there was an interview with Yuji Naka, the producer of Sonic the Hedgehog and one of the programmers. And he was basically saying that uh, until the very final moments, I was very much against Sega ceasing to develop hardware. In a way, I feel that had that decision not been made, Sega would have gone bankrupt. So maybe it was a good business decision. But at the same time, I also feel like, what the hell? We should have given it a go and we should have taken that risk. And uh, I, oh, I am echoing. Well, whatever. Um, Jim, I know Sega is, is very close to your heart and we've heard these things about, you know, the Sonic team basically being turned into a sweatshop and now this, I mean, what what do you think, this is sort of a big, broad question to ask, you know, in an in a hour podcast, but do you think maybe Yuji's got it right as far as what Sega did wrong, or what what do you think is, is Sega's fucking problem <laughs> been in the past year? <laughs> um, I don't know if he was right to, I think probably getting out of hardware was probably good a good thing for Sega as a business. I the way you know, the way they were and the way the Dreamcast happened, you know, they could have hoped for something a lot better than, than what what occurred there. I think to be honest, getting into uh, game development was very good for them. And I think Sega has remained a very profitable company, albeit not by doing particularly noble things. Um you know, whoring out Sonic every chance it gets. Um, it's not particularly nice, but it's made the company a lot of money. Um, so I think from a business perspective, they were completely right. Obviously arguing as a fan, and I think that's what Yuji Naka is doing, he even admitted it, um, then yeah, you know, I'd have loved to have seen Sega continue. I would love to see Sega bring out a new system like a Dreamcast 2 or something. I think a lot of people would be happy with that. But as Yuji said, he's he's a big fan of Sega hardware. Um, and he was a big fan of the Dreamcast. Even um, the reason why his studio Prope has orange as its corporate colour is because the Dreamcast logo was orange. Um, so he's a huge like fan of, of Sega hardware and he even admits that He's arguing purely as a fan and not so much as a businessman. Um, so yeah, I think Sega m- made the right decision. It was a very, it was a very bad decision for us, but a very good decision for Sega. Um, so yeah, I, I just think it's a shame that 
at least Sega Japan does a few less than noble things, especially when it comes to Sonic Team. Uh, now, Topher, your very first comment on this post was uh, was a fucking greed, presumably agreeing with uh, Naka, right? What do you think? Right. I well, you know, I'm. I still think the Dreamcast is the greatest system that ever was. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, I would have been very happy if Sega had not gotten out of the hardware market because they seem to have always had their eye on the future and where gaming hardware should be going. I mean, with Sega CD and then Dreamcast with its online capability, it was shitty, but it was there before anybody else had any. And um, I think we'd be seeing a lot less motion control, waggle, um, Wii Fit board, fucking it bullshit if Sega was still around. I can dig it. Uh... Smith, do you have anything to add? Um, you, you know, I, as as uh, as he said, it was um, as Naka said, it was you know certainly the a better decision for Sega to make uh, business-wise. Um, and as much as people want a, or as much as some people want like a Dreamcast two, I think it would be sort of um, suicidal to for the, for Sega to try and break back into the the video game market. I mean, I think. I mean, for some reason, I just feel like where it is right now is is the limit in terms of you know uh, three consoles. There's been speculation of you know that maybe Apple will will uh, eventually bring a console, but I think they you know they're happy with their slice with the iPhone because um, that seems to be doing well pretty well. But um, certainly, um, I you know I, I had uh, two two of, two of my best friends had. Um, have they still have them dreamcasts and you know i've had a lot of fun playing them and it it's unfortunate but as as jim mentioned they certainly seem to be seem to have been successful so far with the software and there's obviously uh much of the stuff that's um worth playing for the for the wii this year or so it seems um is coming from sega so uh at least uh you know some good came of the decision Mm -hmm. a lot of people also want to take into account the fact that sega makes a shit ton of money with their arcade hardware. Do they? And their toys and their just everything else. They're, they more or less own arcades nowadays. Both of them? Hardy, 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 hardy. Yes, probably so. Gameworks, yes, is Sega's. Oh, so, I didn't know that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Sega, Sega Gameworks. Oh, oh. Sega owns mo- a lot of the arcades in Japan and, and most of the arcades in America and uh, is still building hardware for arcades to this day, still building you know, UFO catchers and gachapon machines and stuff like that. It's just, they're, they're doing just fine as a company without the hardware. And, and I do agree with what Sumit said, that I think for them to break in now might not be a good idea. Um... In my dream world, I wish they just had not stopped to begin <laughs> with. I think it's too late for them to get back in now, but if they had just kept going, I think they might have been okay. And we'd see Shenmue 3 and more treasure games. And- Shenmue 3. <laughs> um, all right, well, we'll move. go, go ahead right, and move. Uh, wow, that sentence started eight different times and never went anywhere. We're going to go into reader questions is what's going to happen now. Um, 
Reginald asks, as formerly underdeveloped, under, underdeveloped <laughs> I'm going to kill myself, countries begin to modernize and embrace the digital age, and gaming is a medi- and gaming as a viable medium for expression, do you believe we'll have something akin to a design renaissance, where so far unseen cultural influences, mythologies, and esoteric histories of those nations will provide new and interesting takes on the medium? For example, imagine a future of African RPGs, ARPGs, instead of JRPGs, indie shmuffs from Brazil, weird adventure games from Guam. I mean, do you guys think that um you know our our view of gaming as it is is very much relegated solely to american developers and japanese developers do you think that we're going to see more shit sort of get out there once they i don't know i want to see more bollywood games (laughs) (laughs) no no you don't don't. (laughs) submit is their spokesperson (laughs) right uh i don't know um i i personally i hate all that crap the singing and dancing in the movies and things like that. But um, it's regarding the question, um, I, I certainly hope so. Uh, at New York Comic Con this past weekend, I um, interviewed uh, or interviewed, I spoke with um, a developer, a producer on uh, a game called Battleforge, uh, which is a uh, an online RTS coming out um, from EA. And uh, he uh, it's being developed at EA Phenomic, which is um, the studio that's in Germany. Um, so you know he was you know really passionate about his game, and and um, apparently there's a, a big uh, a beta community that they've built up you know in um, in Germany, and now they're, they're releasing uh, a few million I think he said uh, beta keys in the U.S. to see the um, the to sort of gauge the response. Um, you know I, I certainly hope so. You're see, you've seen. Um, Sort of uh, uh, a, a lot of at least indie stuff in, in terms of uh, movies. You know, there's you know, Oscar does their best foreign film, whatever. And you know, a lot of uh, great um, films certainly come from from uh, directors um, around the world. So I'm I, I am really interested to see uh, what will happen, and I, I think we will see that um, in the future, uh, especially because of. Um, with things like uh, uh, XNA, where the de- developers have made it um, easier and, and, and more cost-effective for people to to get their games out, um, you'll you'll start seeing that. I'm I'm all for it personally. And to point to Korea, um, that's not really a country that you think of as like um, a source of game development, but they've broken into the rhythm game market and put out some of the best rhythm games that have ever existed. So. I'm all for it. I'm I'm open to see what somebody else could do. Jim, what about you? Yeah, if, if they good, do it. <laughs> you know, I, where I'm doing um, uh, like the XNA stuff and starting to pay more attention to um, eat, well, eating a little bit of humble pie and paying more attention to indie circles. Uh, as twere, you see a lot of um, you know stuff from people from countries that aren't Japan, America, or Britain. Um, Boy is from somewhere in Europe, uh, and that game looks fantastic. Uh, and that's the only example I can think of. Um, oh no, there's um, some lovely games in Iran about killing Jews, um, which might be interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, that was a joke. <laughs> no, we know. <laughs> A horrible, unfunny one. Well, I mean, um, well, we didn't really have any, you know, react. If we all laughed, then people think we're laughing at killing Jews and not 
anti yeah, that in general. We're going to get yeah. emails either way, so just go <laughs> on. No, that was actually based on something that came out recently. Um, about a, He actually said it quite a while ago, but it was a particular um, is, Islamic religious leader, um, apparently so extreme that his own followers um, have booed him on occasion. Um, and he was asking why... Um, we have so many games out about... This was about the time Call of Duty 4 came out. Um, and he was asking why we've got so many games about killing Muslims. Um, and why can't we have ones about slaughtering Jews? Which... Fair question, I guess. Um, which was interesting. Um, but, hell, I'd, I'd like to see some stuff come out of, like... You know, those countries, you know, Iran and that, because apparently Iranian cinema is very good. And I'd like to see what they could do with game. Not killing Jews, but other things that aren't that. Um, so, yeah, I'd, I'd, I'd welcome it. Icelandic gaming, I'm very much looking forward to in the <laughs> coming years. Very excited to see what Iceland is up to. I, I, I know they, there's something up their sleeve. You can't tell me there's not. I know there is. <laughs> Shifty fucking Icelanders. Yeah. No, but I mean, sort of more, more to the point, I guess, of I, now that I'm actually reading the question again, I didn't really say anything about it. Um, but, it, you know, he, he discusses sort of uh, other, you know, cultural influ- influences from from uh, cultures around the world. And I think that's interesting because nowadays, or, and, you know, up until now, you've seen, um, I you know, sort of very, or not much variety in, in video games in terms of, you know, either they're, usually they're, you know, either designed for the Japanese market or they're designed for the Western market. Um, and and there's not much else that's in between, you know. Um, so I think it would be really interesting to see sort of a game, and not, not necessarily a game that's just designed for a specific market, but a game that is, you know, that sells in America that may have been um, not particularly designed with that in mind may, may have some other previously unseen um, uh, cultures and things like that um, in them. Mm-hmm. Well, I, th- I think, you know, uh, he, I think he was referring to, you know, shit like the, the one laptop per child thing and the, you know, ga- game design software is becoming more accessible, more easy, and I, I think that can only be a good thing as far as I'm concerned. Because, I mean, it was, it was like that with, with film and, you know, digital cameras and editing software being available to everybody, and it was, that was great. And well, sort of, uh, but you know, it's it's a uh, it can only be good. I think uh, Cold Shift wants to ask or does ask. Uh, do you think Sega will ever give Sonic the same treatment Capcom gave Mega Man with Mega Man Nine? If so, would it be enough to save the franchise from a certain painful death that the overworked Sonic team has been narrowly avoiding? Jim. Uh, that's my answer to that. You wouldn't want an old-style Sonic game on XBLA? I'd love it, but Sega's not going to do it. Mm-hmm. Sega of Japan has no reason to do it. They make too much money telling Sonic Team to put a blue skin on this piece of shit 3D shitty bollocks. That we've, that's the exact design. <laughs> that's, that's how the design document is written. Um, <laughs> they make too much money doing that. People are buying some real shit. And Sonic Team is this lovely little external studio they've got on a leash that, you know, they say jump, 
Sonic Team doesn't say how high because they've lost the power of speech. They just have to guess how high. And if they don't jump high enough, Sega kicks them in the nuts. Um, it's tragic and horrible, and I'd love to see it. I wouldn't like Sonic Team to make it. I think Dimps should make it, because the last good, like, really great Sonic game was on the Game Boy Advance. It was, I've talked about it many times, Sonic Advance, uh, developed by Dimps. Um, absolutely fantastic. It was new, but it had the old like design sensibilities, and I highly recommend that you like people track it down. If you've got fond memories of the old 16-bit Sonics, then do play Sonic Advance, please. Um, get that, because it is really good. Um, so I, I would love to see like Sonic 4. Um, and I, I did actually ask the uh, uh, producer of Sonic Unleashed whether we'd see that, and he didn't say anything. He didn't... He just didn't even entertain the question. He has answered it before and basically just said, oh, it'd be a nice idea, um, and then never did anything else, but I don't think it'll ever happen, um, which is a shame. It seems like, I mean, more so almost than the Mega Man series, which, I mean, that comes out and everybody goes, it's a fucking retro game. It's all retro. It's so awesome and retro. Like, Sonic games seem to be at least a little bit more contemporary in terms of, like, their design choices and, and, and things like that. I mean, at least the speed concept has been carried over, and, you know, it's not as fucking balls-out punishing as the old ones. So, I, I don't know. It would be... Maybe more friendly to audiences. I think it would. I... Gr- Go ahead, Jim. <laughs> no, so I, th- I think it would be great to help the fucking 3D games. Uh, they're, they're as bad as Mega Man in terms of difficulty, just without the competent game design. Like it is very much because Mega Man is very trial and error it's all about learning the patterns and where to go at the right time and fucking Sonic Unleashed is like that except it's horrid because it's so fast and you have to know where the turns are coming and where the jumps are it's the exact same thing I think a 2D Sonic um, not Sonic Unleashed it's like Sonic 4 um, would be a lot more forgiving than even modern Sonic games and it would probably appeal to a shit ton of people, apart from the fucking 14-year-old dickheads who have made Sonic what it is today and said things like, Sonic Un- Sonic Advanced is a bit too slow to be a Sonic game, even though it's about as fast as the proper, real Sonic games, which were not about going ridiculously fast. Topher, what were you going to say? I was going to say I would like to see Sonic that way if Sonic Team were locked in a box from beginning to end its <laughs> development. And then let out after the game was finished and published, so that they were miles away from it. Mm-hmm. Um, Brian Keljore is reposting his question from last week. Lindy's not around to answer it, but I'm sure he just do what he always did and go. Well, I got I got better things to do than to, to be a slave to your podcast and read things and blah blah blah. Um, but he last week he asked. Every generation of gaming has some aspect that we are eventually thankful to see go away. Whether it's getting stuck on the end screen after the credits roll at the end of an old 8-bit game, or the extreme nature of the 16-bit area, we, all, we are all reminded of these things at some point and are thankful at their departure. My question is, what common aspect of this generation of gaming do you think we will see go and be thankful for the departure? If any of you guys, maybe um, just by chance, something... I, I personally am really kind of sick of the uh the shooter mechanic where 
you you duck under something after you get shot, and all of a sudden, you know, like within ten seconds, your health regenerates automatically. I think it's really lame. Um, I was fine, and, and and you know, sure, sure, like health packs are just as stupid, but um, I, I mean, I was fine with the way Max Payne did it, where you would take painkillers and p- find them in medicine cabinets. That you know, that's fine. I I, I don't. I, I think the the idea that you know, you get riddled with bullets, then you hide, and then can get riddled with bullets again is retarded. So is, like is your, I've heard people complain about that a lot, and I've never really understood it. Is your complaint with it mainly just the one of believability versus, like, the way it actually impacts the game? Do you, like, do you not like the gameplay pacing, I guess, of taking a bunch of bullets and hiding and then coming out again? Or is it just the fact that it doesn't make any logical sense that you could be a bullet sponge and then just get rid of the bullets? I th- I think it's both. Um, it it I guess it kind of works in cover based games like Uncharted or um, Gears because you're you're taking cover anyway to avoid fire or whatever. But in in a game like Call of Duty Four or something, I, you know I I don't know. I just I guess it's and, and I I understand it's sort of stupid to bring up a believability arg- argument in a video game unless it's a simulation sports game. But whatever, I don't know. That's just my take on it. Well, I've always felt like, well, not always, but I mean, it, it seems like when I'm playing, you know, Call of Duty 4 or Uncharted, well, I'll say Uncharted, um, you know, if, if I had a shitload of painkillers like I did in Max Payne, when I went through Max Payne, I would do a big gunfight or whatever, and I'd, I'd, I'd fuck up a bunch of times and then immediately undo my fuck ups with a bunch of painkillers. So I was just basically saving those in order to. Uh, I, I guess forgive myself for being shitty at the game. Whereas in something like Uncharted, you're not really allowed to progress unless you actually do that section the way it's like meant to be done. There's no, there's no forgiveness for making a huge, huge mistake that you might get in, um, in with, with painkillers or something like that. I, I kind of tend to prefer that because it sort of makes me play the game the way it's meant to be played. Even if you know, in in so many parts of Uncharted, it's not the best game ever. Uh, but you know, I don't know. I, I kind of prefer that. I'm, I'm happy to see that that mechanic. I'm, yeah, I actually like that mechanic because it gives you a second to sort of reflect on what you've done while you stand there and heal and like, okay, where did I fuck up? What do I need to do right? Mm-hmm. And it kind of gives you a minute to think about it without having to like fucking reload and sit through a continue screen and all that bullshit. There's a very immediate feedback and forgiveness to it that mm. you immediately know you fucked up and if you wait a couple seconds, then you get to try again. And I, I really kind of dig that. Jim one argument, well, one argument I've heard against the regenerating health thing is it makes things too easy, and I disagree with that because if you've got like health packs and things, like you will instantly get your health back if you lose enough health. Like you said with Max Payne, you know, you lose enough health, whack and whack some painkillers. There you go, you're ready to go again straight away. But with regenerating health, there is always this window of time where you are as vulnerable as shit and even if you hide behind a wall there is no stopping enemies and in Uncharted they love to do it there is no stopping enemies from just breaking their own cover running around and shooting you in the head while you're trying to regenerate your health and I find sometimes that can be incredibly tense like you are sitting there behind a wall thinking hurry the fuck up stop being in black and white I need you know, this health to come back before that dickhead with the shotgun gets around the corner. And, you know, I like it. I I have no problem with it. I have no 
preference for it either. Um, I don't mind health packs and things. Um, I mean, I don't... See, I, I, I'd like either the regenerating health or health packs that you can carry. I mean, one thing I'm glad we got rid of was uh, health packs that, you know, you walk over them and they heal you no matter what. Um, and you can't save them. Um, but either one of those, you know, work for me that kind of puts health regeneration more into your your hands than than anything else. And I don't think it makes it too easy. Mm-hmm. I think I might actually even prefer that to anything else, to any other method of, of you know, mm-hmm. health recovery. Because then you don't have... I mean, health packs and shit, that's just more fucking items in your inventory. It's more shit you have to carry around, more shit you have to worry about. And especially in a game where dead, like Dead Rising, where, you know, I have to have four bottles of orange juice instead of, like, that could be four other weapons that I could have, or something like that, mm. you know? Mm-hmm. If it's if it's taking space in my inventory instead of something I would much rather be carrying around, I just would really prefer. Mm-hmm. Well, they avoided that in uh, Fallout 3 with the good old, oh, don't worry, health items don't weigh anything. Uh, thing. Yeah, like that. That would be <laughs> fine, but that's not often that it's that way. Yeah, that, that kind of seems like more of a bummer to me than anything because it doesn't really force you to make any choices. Like it just makes things so easy for you in the sense. Yeah, of like, that's no. true too. I mean, in that kind of situation, like why not just have fucking regenerating health if it's yeah. Uh, I guess. Oh, but just wanted to note. I guess uh, I I happen to once be in Stickham with. Uh, Brian, and apparently it's pronounced Keljor. Keljor, damn it. That sounds awesome. That's like a Superman villain. <laughs> Keljor, <laughs> the unstoppable. Yeah. Um, Green Eggs and Sam asks, what games have lasted each of you the longest? TF2 has gripped me since its release, a rare thing for me. Um, I think we probably had this question before, but like only Aaron answered it. And so, Submit, have you, can you think of anything that... Oh, now he's going BRB. Never mind. Um, <laughs> and then type in don't ask me anything um, Jim or Topher do you have anything to, to volunteer for this hmm. recently or just I guess in general I mean just any game you can think of in my really 29 long. years on this planet yeah um, recently uh, I'm going to say Super Stardust HD really yeah is it just for the feeling of getting a really good score, or is it... It's the it's that, and it's, you know... There's something... Of, and it definitely is not a shmup. It's not like an old-school shmup, but it's it's got that same sort of... And I guess Geometry Wars and other games like that do, too, where you just want to keep beating yourself. Insert masturbation joke here. Mm-hmm. Um, if Lindy were here, then it would be... Um, a boner quest mini game joke, but yeah, we, we can imagine. <laughs> you want to keep in. improving your score and whatever, and it's just fun to play. Like even if you're not working on your score, just if you're bored and you want to just sit down and fucking play something, and you know it's enjoyable just to play it, even if you're not gonna, you know, actually progress anywhere. Mm-hmm. It's fun to just pop in there and you know, well, not pop in, but boot up and just and just play it for fun. I don't know what that is. I don't know what that word means. Yeah, that was really that was really graceful, by the way, Anthony. <laughs> to, to to mention that I said BRB, don't ask me. Now. This is this is a meta podcast. Submit. We acknowledge <laughs> what goes on behind the scenes at every possible moment. It breaks the fourth wall. Yeah, we're, we're transparent, like the Obama administration. Yeah. 
no, what what uh, what games did you guys mention? He met, uh, Topher mentioned Super Stardust HD. Oh, okay. Um, can I go now? Yes. <laughs> awesome. Um, NHL 09, guess, you know, in case you didn't figure that out. Um, but I, I, th- I was talking about this with, um, with someone... Oh, yeah, no, I was, t- I was talking about it with Topher, actually, um, over the weekend when he was in town for New York Comic Con. We miss you, by the way. Um, I fucking miss you more. <laughs> The town, I mean, not you, Smith. I mean, I miss you too, but whatever. <laughs> that was graceful. That was a good catch. <laughs> yeah. Um, I know how you feel. Um, but, yeah, I was talking about with, with Topher where, um, you know, when I was growing up, uh, I, you know, I, I didn't have a lot of video games because we were, you know, kind of poor or whatever. So I, I got pretty much like a game yeah. or two a year, like on my birthday and on Christmas. And that's why my brother and I really got into sports games. And also we're... We were always big sports fans, but a, you know, a sports game is, the, is a, it, you know, it, it's you you can't ever finish it, you know. So you just pop it in, and uh, you know, I'd just play my brother like NHL '95. I mean, we must have played like I don't know thousands of of uh, you know games against each other in, in in that game. So really, I mean, I say NHL '09, but it, I think it really applies to any sports game, and whether it's simulation, I mean, or simulation or arcade. I mean, I've played tons of. Games of NFL Blitz 2000 on the PS1 with you know my friends, um, so so yeah, sports games for me. Yeah, that was a nice conversation that we had, and I I come from the same boat. Like, I didn't have a lot of money growing up, and I don't have a lot of money now. Hooray economy! <laughs> so I think that's that's why as a kid I got into stuff like shooters and fighting games because you can play those forever. I mean, I can't tell you how many times I've played Rival Schools or Ikaruga. Or any shooting game, or any fighting game, or any you know, Gran Turismo. I've played those games hundreds of thousands of times, and you never get tired of it if it's good. Mm-hmm. So I mean, Speak- they they last forever. Jim, what about Speak- you? No, nothing. Hmm? Sorry, but I thought Summit was. Oh yeah, go ahead, Samantha. Oh, just really quickly, I was just going to speaking of Ikaruga. I watched Topher own that game <laughs> at at Fist's apartment, and it was it was mesmerizing. Yeah, like seeing God. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but Jim, go ahead. Uh, I guess the game the game that's lasted me the longest of all time would probably be uh, Sonic Two, obviously. Um, just because I'm still playing it now, and I started playing it in the mid '90s, so that's <laughs> a long time. Um, and I still like if ever I'm bored and I can't think of anything to do, then I will just fire up whatever I've got it on at that particular time, um, and just like play Emerald Hill Zone Act One for the 30 seconds it takes to do it, and then go and do something else. Um, which, you know, so it's always there, and very rarely am I not in the mood for it if if I can't think of anything else to do. I very rarely think, shall I play Sonic 2? No, I don't feel like it. It's, shall I play Sonic 2? Have I got anything else going on? No, okay, I'll play that. Um, so there's that. I mean, if we're going more um, contemporary, then I've actually just started playing uh, Call of Duty 4 again, and I've had that copy, you know, since whenever it came out, 2006, was it? Yeah. So, oh, seven. obviously that was... Oh, was it seven? Yeah. Uh, I can't remember anything in my 
Nice. Seven then. Oh yeah, it would have been, wouldn't it? <laughs> okay, yeah, 2007. So that's lasted me a long time. Um, and I guess the one game that I've just has consistently lasted me a long time contemporarily is uh, Left 4 Dead, which you know I bought in November, and I play every yeah every day. Um, I haven't played it every day since I bought it, but at least for the past few weeks, it's been like at least one quick go on versus every day. Um, so that one has lasted me a very long time as well. I'd have to second that. I've been playing that almost, almost nonstop. I, I got burned out a little while ago and went back to Team Fortress 2 for about a day, but I think in a couple of days I'll be ready to go. I've just had too much fucking problem with people not being good. I, I, I have hmm. to come out sort of in defense of rage quitting in a weird kind of way because it's just fucking it's such a team based game that no matter how good you are if two two or more people on the other the rest of the team are bad then you're fucking oh definitely screwed. but I don't think it even matters if you if you rage quit in left I mean I hop in and out of left for dead games I don't think it matters with that game just because you have an AI that takes over and people are always hopping, at least, I, I don't know what it's like on the PC, I play it on the 360, which I know is heathenistic or whatever you want to say, but I, I at least on the, you want to say it though, um, at least on the 360, um, where, you know, we don't wash and we marry our cats, um, <laughs> people are always hopping in and out and, like, um, characters will constantly switch from AI control to... And AI control is usually fucking brilliant, a bit too good. So you never feel like you're screwing over the team if you leave. And if you leave, if you leave, it's usually because someone's already screwing over the team anyway. So I don't think there's... I, I don't feel guilty about rage quitting in Left 4 Dead. Well, in, in a um, PC world of it, that's sort of like every single server and every single person... Like, every single person before you start a game will go, okay, no rage quitters, right? And servers will be called no rage quits, and clans call themselves rage quits because they cause other people to rage quit. And it's 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 not as, I guess, it, it's not that frequent that someone else will immediately join to replace that hole that's been left. It, it happens enough, but, like, it, it's it, I guess it's enough of a problem that people whine about rage quitters all the time. And on one hand, I can understand, but on the other hand, like, I, there's no way I'm going to make myself suffer for an hour straight just to make it fair for the other team or just so the other team can enjoy themselves when I'm playing with two people who have no idea what the fuck they're doing and who make Elmo Elmo noises on the fucking headset if they even have one. (laughs) Oh, God. (laughs) Oh, that's... um, Yeah. Getting Uh, back to it, um, Portal's another one. I bet I've played that probably 12, 15 times since I first got it. mm -hmm. I never really get tired of that either. So it seems like, for the most part, you guys are talking about games that you replay over and over, not like MMOs or something very, very long. I think I think it comes down to games that are fun to play, whether or not you're getting somewhere. Mm-hmm. Mm. And like, I still play Dead Rising. I still play, every now and then, I'll pop in Kingdom Hearts 2. Just because it's fun to play, even though I know that I'm not going to finish it, or I've already finished it, or whatever. It's fun just to just to play the game for an hour or two. Oh, definitely. Yeah. I'm like that with um, uh, Silent Hill 2 is a game. I mean, I'm not a big replayer of games, even if I really love it. If I love it, I tend to keep it and then just watch it gather dust and then think about giving it, like part exchanging it and then thinking it's too good. I might want to play it in three years' time. But Silent Hill 2 is a game that I've been able to play over and over again. 
Um, funnily enough, the Gears of War single-player campaigns um, in those two games, I can actually replay multiple times, um, and I'm not sure why. But I can't get enough of that giant worm. Yeah, I cannot get enough of the giant worm. It's pretty big. <laughs> yeah, I'm. I've just really quickly, I guess this sort of um, also. Uh, Going along, I was mentioning an entire genre before, like sports games. I mean, I feel like any game that has, you know, well-done online multiplayer, um, like you guys were saying, Left 4 Dead, I, I, I spent months and months with um, with Warhawk on PS3, and then months and months uh, with Call of Duty 4, multi, um, online multiplayer. Um, and I'll, of course, throw in the obligatory mention of, uh, you know, Guitar Hero and Rock Band, which, I mean, I, I've... My... Most played games recently have been NHL 09, Fallout 3, and Rock Band 2. I just, you know, whenever, like Jim with Sonic 2, whenever I'm bored, oh, I'll, I'll play a song or two on drums or on guitar or whatever. Yeah, yeah I mean, now that I think, I do that with a lot of games. I do that with Shadow of the Colossus. I replay Eco a couple times a year normally. It's just, I don't know how much of that is just my personality as a gamer, mm-hmm. but, you know. If it's fun, I'll I'll just keep playing it. I'll play it over and over. Yeah, I was like that with uh, Super Punch Out for the majority of my life, except I finally beat it for the first time ever, like two months ago, and now I'll never touch it again, just because I'm I know it can only go downhill from here. My skill at it. Um, but yeah, that about wraps it up for Pod number eighty six, I believe. Yeah, eighty six. And uh, I want to thank Simon Sarkar for joining once again, as he always does in very very short notice and without complaint. Uh, Jim Sterling, Topher Cantler, the lovely Adam Dork, and uh, you for listening. Once again, we've got the Podtoid contest, the graphic contest. If you want to make a new uh, poster or graphic, whatever, for our website, there's the Podtoid forum at destructoid.com slash forum. And um, yeah, there's also a Hey Ash, What You Playing forum there, just in case you're interested in that kind of thing. But anyway, uh, we will talk to you next week. That's awesome. That was like a, tech, uh, a techno robot just killed Jim and decided that to rock awesome. That's what I heard. Yeah, holy crap. Sorry. <laughs> no, go away, Jim. We want the techno robot.